Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 105. It is Thursday, April 16, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and how to determine what companies to work with after COVID-19. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, good morning. Happy Thursday, everyone. Thursday is the new Friday, but it doesn't really matter anymore, does it? Um, wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, review, comment, share, all that would be spectacular. And uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, and if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, please go to Facebook, type in Get HIPAA Compliance in the Facebook search and join that group because we share lots of HIPAA information in there, stuff that will help you become more HIPAA compliant. Um, title of the show, How to Determine What Companies to Work With After COVID-19. I'm going to get to that shortly, but I will tell you this much. It is based on what they're doing for people during this critical time. But before we get there, threat post, PPE, COVID-19 medical supplies targeted by BEC scams. FBI said the government agencies aiming to buy critical items like ventilators have unknowingly transferred funds to threat actors. Much has been publicized about the shortage of personal protective equipment and other supplies for healthcare facilities in the United States during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now the FBI is warning that threat actors are taking advantage of efforts to procure PPE and critical equipment such as ventilators with new business email compromise, BEC for short, of course, and other scams aimed at defrauding those seeking the supplies. In a warning posted on the FBI website, the law enforcement agency said it was aware of multiple incidents in which state government agencies were duped into sending advance funds to both domestic and foreign fraudulent brokers and sellers of things like N95 masks and gowns. These so-called advanced fee scams are among several new fraud campaigns that feds have observed alongside more typical BEC scams. The common theme is that they will all use socially engineered emails, try to fool people into sending funds to what they think are legitimate entities instead of directing payments to accounts that bad actors can access. In advanced fee schemes related to procurement, a victim prepays partially or in full a purported seller or a broker for a good or a service, and then receives little or nothing in return, FBI officials explained in the post. In one case, a purchasing agency believed it was working with someone with whom it already had an existing business relationship, showing the sophistication of the attack, according to the FBI. By the time the purchasing agencies became suspicious of the transactions, much of the funds had been transferred outside of the reach of the U.S. law enforcement and were unrecoverable. Indeed, the COVID-19 pandemic has brought threat actors out of the woodwork with a raft of new scams and attacks aimed at multiple and complex aspects of the crisis. So here we go, government agencies being scammed through email to pay people for items that don't exist. On the Hacker News, U.S. offers rewards of up to $5 million for information on North Korean hackers. So if you want to make $5 million, this could be your chance. The United States agencies today released a joint advisory warning the world about the significant cyber threat posed by North Korean state-sponsored hackers to the global banking and financial institutions. Besides a summary of recent cyber attacks attributed to North Korean hackers, the advisory issued by U.S. Department of State, the Treasury, and Homeland Security, and the FBI also contains a comprehensive guide intended to help the international community, industries, and other governments defend against North Korea's illicit activities. 
In particular, the United States is deeply concerned about North Korea's malicious cyber activities, which the U.S. government refers to as hidden cobra. The DPRK has the ability to conduct disruptive or destructive cyber attack activities affecting U.S. critical infrastructure, the advisory says. The DPRK also uses cyber capabilities to steal from financial institutions and has demonstrated a pattern of disruptive and harmful cyber activity that is wholly inconsistent with the growing international consensus on what constitutes responsible state behavior in cyberspace. Notably, it also mentioned that the U.S. government is now offering a monetary reward of up to $5 million to anyone who can share information about illicit North Korea's activities in cyberspace, including past or ongoing hacking operations. So, there's a chance to make a cool $5 million. The article does go on to report some of the previous North Korean nation-state attacks. They include 2014 Sony Pictures, $81 million Bangladesh bank heist, global 2017 cry ransomware outbreak, fast cash fraudulent ATM cash withdrawal scheme, and a $250 million theft from cryptocurrency exchanges. So they are very busy over there in North Korea. Also on the Hacker News, 49 Google Chrome, 49 new Google Chrome extensions caught hijacking cryptocurrency wallets. Google has ousted 49 Chrome browser extension from its web store that masqueraded as cryptocurrency wallets but contained malicious code to siphon off sensitive information and empty the digital currencies. The 49 browser add-ons, potentially the work of Russian threat actors, were identified by researchers from MyCrypto and FishFort. Essentially, the extensions are phishing for secrets, mnemonic phrases, private keys, and key store files, explained Harry Denley, director of security at MyCrypto. Once the user has entered them, the extension sends the an HTTP post request to its back end where the bad actors receive the secrets and empty the accounts. Uh, so for those of you that are using cryptocurrency and crypto wallets, there are 49 Chrome extensions that have been caught and I would assume they've been removed. Um, you need to be careful with what you're doing with extensions and applications and everything else. Be very careful. Use trusted resources only, especially right now. Um, Hackread.com, EA Sports, down gaming giant hit by massive DDoS attack. So I'm not sure if they've recovered. I'm not a gamer myself, but a series of DDoS attack has affected EA Sports' original platform, which lets customers purchase and play video games. Another day, another DDoS attack. This time, the gaming giant EA Sports is suffering from a series of large-scale DDoS attacks, forcing the company's service to go offline globally. What's worse is that for some, gaming is the only way to cheer themselves during lockdown amid the coronavirus or COVID-19. It all started at 4.19 p.m. on April 14th, uh, Greenwich Mean Time, when customers, including Snoop Dogg, complained about EA Sports service disruption. In response, the company sent out a tweet that is looking to the issue. However, the description continued around 8.21 p.m. April 14th, Greenwich Mean Time. The Twitter handle of EA Sports FIFA Direct Communication tweeted that it has temporarily disabled FUT, which is uh, not sure what that is, and Volta Football match creation while the company continues to investigate con- connectivity issues impacting EA titles. And then, of course, they go on to figure out that it is a distributed denial of service attack. And um, last report was at 4.15 a.m., it looks like, uh, Greenwich Mean Time. So I'm not sure if it continues. Um, does not have an update here. So if you're using EA Sports and experiencing issues, let us know. On Tripwire.com, State of Security, the State of Security bad actors infiltrated New York State government computer network. 
Officials revealed that malicious actors had succeeded in infiltrating the computer network serving New York State government. According to the Wall Street Journal, officials revealed on April 13th that New York's Office of Information Technology had discovered a security incident in late January 2020. Its analysis unveiled that those individuals responsible for the attack had constructed tunnels into some of New York's servers that the state used for relaying encrypted data. That information ranged from motor vehicle records to payroll information for 250,000 employees employed by New York state agencies and public universities. In response to the findings discussed above, New York brought in help to determine the extent of the security incident. Richard Azopardi, senior advisor to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, revealed that the subsequent investigatory effort uncovered no evidence that personal data of any New York resident employee or any other individuals were compromised or have been taken from our network. The state is currently working with the Federal Bureau of Investigation to pinpoint the identities of those responsible for the breach. Two people familiar with the collaboration told Wall Street Journal that a foreign actor was likely responsible for a security incident. In the meantime, state officials decided to augment government systems, existing digital security measures. They did so by installing additional digital security software and resetting passwords at agencies affected by the breach. Among them was the state's state's comptroller office, which confirmed to the Wall Street Journal that it has implemented certain measures to harden its digital security posture. No statement regarding the breach was available on New York's Office of Information Technology website at the time of writing. Um, News of this attack comes less than a year after New York State enacted the Stop Hacks and Improve Electronic Data Security Shield Act as a means to safeguard its residents against unauthorized data access. Um, so I was going to bring that up, but it's here in the, in, the, in the post. That is interesting. I find that a little interesting, too, because, you know, New York, one of the few states in the country taking a, a stand against um, data theft. Um, of course, California has CCPA. New York has the shield law. Um, and yet here we are, government agencies being breached. On Hot for Security by Bitdefender, cybersecurity researchers uncover hidden backdoors and secret commands in 12,000 Android apps. The use of mobile apps is part of our daily routine, and anyone using a smartphone has downloaded and installed a variety of them on on their device, be it a game, delivery, or streaming app. While most of these apps appear harmless to a typical user, researchers from Ohio State University, New York University, and CISPA Hemholtz Center of for information security have analyzed the top 150,000 Android apps uncovering hidden backdoors and suspicious behavior in 12,706. The app selection was as follows, 100,000 apps based on the number of downloads from Google Play Store, 20,000 from an alternative market, which Google actually recommends against, and 30,000 from pre-installed apps on Android smartphones. We identified 12,706 apps containing a variety of backdoors such as secret access keys, master passwords, and secret commands that can allow users to access admin-only functions or attackers to gain unauthorized access to users' accounts, said the researchers in the study. For their research, the team developed Input Scope, a custom tool allowing them to uncover hidden traits of mobile applications by analyzing input validation behavior. The tool revealed three types of input triggered hidden behaviors using secret access keys, master passwords, and secret commands. Secret keys can be used to access the administrative interface of an app, allow users to change its configuration, for example. For example, it is success- if it, a successful login is made, a bad actor could alter network IDs, configuration URLs, and reset arbitrary user passwords. To show the vulnerability of passwords, the researchers analyzed popular screen locking apps. They noted that an attacker can simply trigger 
a hidden button after multiple trials with the wrong password. The hidden interface that appears requests the input of a special code. Then attackers can click the hidden button to get a new interface where a special code is requested. By providing this code, the password for unlocking the screen can be reset. The team also identified 4,028 apps featuring input blacklisting for keywords and categories such as pornography, escort services, racial discrimination, bullying, etc. Also, our analysis discovered 4,028 apps validating user input against blacklisted words of different categories such as insults, racial discrimination, political leader names, and mass incidents, the, the researcher said. After the study was completed, the team of security researchers disclosed the findings to app developers. While some apps have already patched their hidden functionalities that could be exploited by malicious actors, researchers said that they will continue to offer their help and support so developers can better understand the weaknesses in their apps. So it does not list the apps here. That's interesting as well. Um, I mean, it's 12,000 apps, so it would take a lot to, to list those. But um, it is important to... I again install what you can trust. It's I know it's hard to do, and I probably have a couple hundred apps on my phone. But um, try to avoid things from untrusted sources. Bleeping computer exploit for Zoom Windows Zero Day being sold for five hundred thousand dollars. I thought I'd get away with not reporting anything on Zoom today. That is not going to be the case. An exploit for a zero-day remote code execution vulnerability affecting the Zoom Windows client is currently being sold for $500,000 together with one designed to abuse a bug in the video conferencing platform's Mac OS client. Zero days are vulnerabilities that haven't yet been patched by the affected software or hardware vendor and that allow attackers to compromise any targets running or using the unpatched products. It's also important to note that they probably already are being exploited at that point. While there is no fixed price for exploits abusing this type of security flaw, some exploit acquisitions platforms such as Zerodium pay exploit developers between $2,000 and $2.5 million depending on the popularity and security level of the affected software system as well as the quality of the submitted exploit. While the exploits in their source codes aren't yet public, sources familiar with the matter with the experience on the zero-day exploit market have been contacted by exploit brokers offering them for sale, as Motherboard first reported. From what I've heard, there are two zero-day exploits in circulation for Zoom. One affects OS X and the other Windows, said Adriel DeSaltels, the founder of NetRegard, a company that used to run an exploit acquisition pl platform, told my Motherboard. I don't expect that these will have a particularly long shelf life because when a zero-day gets used, it gets discovered, he added. Motherboard further confirmed the existence of two exploits for Zoom Windows and Mac OS Zero Days by two other sources who wished to remain anonymous. One of them said that Windows Zero Day is a remote code execution vulnerability that could allow potential attackers to execute arbitrary code on systems running in Zoom Windows client and even take full control of the device if coupled with other bugs. The $500,000 price tag attached to this exploit might be justified as the independent source said that it's perfect for industrial espionage. The exploit requires the potential attackers to be in the same call as a target, which drastically reduces its value from the point of view of a state-backed hacker and thus also lessens its appeal to those who might be in the market to buy such a tool. I don't see how it makes sense compared to concrete potential in terms of intelligence. I think it's just kids who hope to make a bang. One of the anonymous sources explained while also saying that the price asked for zero day shouldn't be over half of the current price tag. Um... So it goes on to talk about it a little more there. Um, and it does, again, point out that Zoom bombing is illegal, as I reported on a previous episode. 
again, we talked extensively about how to secure your Zoom meetings. So go back to previous episodes or just visit nuagetech.com and um, read the blog, the last blog post that's on there as of right now, 12 ways to secure your Zoom meetings. Um, on ZDNet, this was the reason for the title of the show, Free Tools and Services for Businesses During the COVID-19 Crisis. I'm going to go through this real quick, but the subtitle, companies like Atlassian, Okta, Tableau, and Intermedia are extending free versions for their offerings to organizations to help them stay afloat during the global pandemic. Um, The COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted business as usual around the globe and across business sectors, weathering The economic fallout will be hard for many, including small businesses that may have to drastically alter their day-to-day operations. To help those businesses adjust, a number of technology companies are offering free versions of their services and tools during the outbreak. Here's a roundup of some of the offers that can help organizations stay afloat during this outbreak. Uh, Communications and collaboration tools, we have Atlassian, and I'm I'm going to also say that Atlassian and other ones I see in this list have had recent um, vulnerabilities discovered. So Atlassian is really about people making the service desk, and I don't remember the exact name, Jira Service Desk, I think. Yeah, Jira Service Desk. They, they Because normally it's run internally, they're making it public-facing, internet-facing, and they're not securing it properly, but that was a vulnerability discovered. But they are offering... Um, their services for free for up for teams of up to ten, and um, I don't see that it doesn't look like there's a limitation on that. So as long as it's ten or less people, Trello is another one that same similar issue, public facing, not secured properly types of Trello boards, but Trello is a collaboration board. Um, they are is uh, um. Oh, Trello is, okay, I didn't know Atlassian owns Trello, but they are offering one-year subscriptions to educators to the Trello business class. So that's pretty cool. Intermedia, um, communication and collaboration firm Intermedia is offering the any meeting pro video conferencing and webinar service for free to all new users through December 31st with no usage restrictions. So that's also pretty cool, um, which, you know, is an alternative to Zoom. And it does say here, Additionally, Intermediate is offering one free webinar pro license per account, allowing organizations to hold larger live broadcasted events for up to 200 people. 8x8, which is a VoIP provider, um, cloud communication provider, 8x8 hastened the global rollout of its free 8x8 video message, uh, video meetings tool. The tool gives companies and employees location independent access to unlimited meetings. It works with any internet connected to the desktop or mobile device without any additional software. With the global rollout, the tool now offers features like unlimited usage, international dialings in more than 55 countries, a browser-based interface, calendar plugins, cloud storage for meeting recordings, real-time closed captioning and transcription, noise detection and alerts, and support for live streaming large meetings to YouTube. So that's also pretty cool. Um, <coughs> Windstream. Windstream Enterprise is offering a free 90-day trial of Office Suite UC and HD meeting services and video conferencing. Both new and existing customers are all eligible. Identity Management and Security, Okta, OKTA. 
The cloud identity management firm Okta launched Okta for Emergency Remote Work, which offers core Okta services for free to all new customers for six months with possible extensions based on the situation. The services offered include Okta Single Sign-On, Okta Multi-Factor Authentication to five apps for all users, as well as best practices guides, community access, and support and training. Okta has also compiled a list of some of the most popular remote work tools, including tools for video conferencing, document collaboration, and VPNs, and links to their respective free trials. Ping Identity. Ping Identity is offering six months of free cloud single sign-on and multi-factor authentication for new customers. This offer applies to any new, any number of applications and identities. It gives users one-click access to SAS, SAAS, which is software as a service applications, as well as authentication for VPN connectors. Additionally, customers already use Ping Federate for workforce authentication and SSO can receive six months of free MFA. This will help them improve security while expanding remote access. The trend toward a mobile distributed workforce, including working from home, has been underway for many years, and this just fast-forwarded it. 1Password is offering 1Password Business, its enterprise password manager, for free for the first six months to ease the digital security concerns for businesses. SecureAuth, SecureAuth is offering new customers its intelligent identity cloud package for free through December 15th. The package includes risk-based multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, passwordless biometric access, and phone fraud prevention. And then your content management, you have Box, which is similar to Dropbox Cloud Content Management Box. Company Box is making Box Business Edition for small and medium-sized businesses free for 90 days in response to the crisis. Additionally, the company is allowing existing Box Enterprise customers to add additional users beyond their license limits for the next month at no cost. Customer engagement, Freshworks for businesses with fewer than 50 employees. Freshworks is offering free and unrestricted use of its customer engagement tools, Fresh Chat and Fresh Caller. For the next six months, small businesses can use these tools to manage surging customer queries via digital channels and to switch to remote work. Salesforce. Salesforce is offering packages of tools and services for companies in any industry to help them stay connected to employees, customers, and partners during the crisis. The tools can be added on for existing Salesforce customers, and they're available for free to non-customers for a limited time. Initially, Salesforce launched a Salesforce Care for Healthcare package for tools of tools for healthcare systems experiencing an influx of requests due to a pandemic. It's available at no charge for six months and includes access to Salesforce Health Cloud, Salesforce Shield for security and privacy, Salesforce Community Cloud, and Salesforce MyTrail Head. Additionally, the Salesforce Health Cloud added a free app from Bridge Connector to enhance data system interoperability and streamline communication for providers impacted by the pandemic. Following that, Salesforce launched the Salesforce Care for Employee and Customer Support, a pre-configured employee help center, customer service, and contact center application. They also launched the Salesforce Care for Social Community Engagement, offering which provides access to marketing cloud social studio. Next in partnership with United Way, Salesforce rolled out Salesforce Care for Philanthropy with free access to its philanthropy cloud through September 30th. There's also Salesforce Care for Small Business, which provides access to Salesforce Essentials. Meanwhile, Salesforce also launched the App Exchange COVID-19 Resource Center, a dedicated resource to support employee, customer, and community needs during the COVID-19 crisis. Salesforce is also offering 24 by 7 support, coaching, and guidance with Salesforce experts to help customers deploy and use Salesforce care solutions. Um, building digital storefronts and marketing, MailChimp, 
Until May 31st, MailChimp is providing small businesses with free five-year custom domains to help brick-and-mortar businesses move online. The offering is available to new and existing MailChimp users and applicable toward domains worth up to $25 a year. Eligible users can access free built-in templates to help them build and publish multi-page sites. Every purchase domain includes free who is privacy protection and secure sockets layer certificate. GoDaddy launched websites and marketing free, a free package of tools to build a website as well as marketing tools. It's free version of GoDaddy's websites and marketing, which launched in September. GoDaddy initially planned to release a free tier later in 2020, but the company sped up the release in response to the pandemic. Um, Builder.ai, Builder.ai, a no-code software development platform, is offering its off is offering its recently launched studio store for free to SMBs for the first three months. The studio store is a collection of prepackaged apps beginning with e-commerce and delivery. SEM Rush is offering free access to its social media and lead generation products that includes free access to the full functionality of its social media toolkit, enabling companies to track competition, edit images, and bulk schedule social media posts. It also includes access to Opti, a lead generation and prospecting solution for digital marketing agencies and freelancers. Business intelligence and data analysis, Tableau. Oh, this list goes on for quite a while, so I'm just going to skim through the rest of this. Um, Tableau has an offering. IBM has an offering. PagerDuty, I, we use PagerDuty. So PagerDuty, which provides an incident management platform for IT teams, is offering healthcare organizations 20 free licenses for six months. PTC, industrial IoT company PTC, is offering free services for customers and educators in response to the pandemic. Um, Intel is offering, also offering developer tools. Uh, Igloo software, which provides cloud-based digital workplace solutions, announced a free offering for organizations that are transitioning to remote work. Qualtrics is experience management platform. Qualtrics, owned by SAP, is offering free access to Remote Work Plus to help organizations assess the well-being of the remote workers. Sans Security Awareness, a division of Sans Institute, has created a security working from home deployment kit in response to the ep epidemic pandemic. Sorry. Um, and then they also, also also released a free Secure Your Kids Online resource kit for parents and guardians. So go check that out if you have kids. Um, so that's the that's the whole list. Sorry this podcast is going longer than, than I anticipated, but I thought this was an important um, item to share. And then finally, we do have two HIPAA breaches to report. Washington University School of Medicine is notifying 14,795 oncology patients that some of their Protected health information was stored in an email account that was breached in January. An unauthorized individual gained access to the email account of the, a research supervisor in the Division of Oncology between January 12th and January 13, 2020, as a result of response to a phishing email. Upon discovery of the breach, immediate action was taken to secure the account and prevent future unauthorized access, and third-party computer forensics firm was engaged to assist with the investigation. A painstaking review of the emails and email attachments in the account revealed they contained the following patient information, names, dates of birth, medical record numbers, patient account numbers, limited free treatment, and or clinical information, including diagnosis, provider names, and lab test results. Certain patients also had their health insurance information and or social security numbers exposed. Affected individuals are now being notified about the breach and individuals whose social security numbers were potentially compromised have been offered complimentary membership to credit monitoring and identity theft services. Um, 
painstaking review of emails. I don't think that the attackers had a painstaking review. Doctors Community Medical Center in Maryland is alerting certain patients to a breach of their protected health information. The data breach was identified in January when suspicious activity was detected in its payroll system. And investigation into the breach revealed a small number of employees had been duped by phishing emails and had disclosed their account credentials to the attackers. In addition to gaining access to the employees' email accounts, the attackers also had access to employees' payroll information. The investigation confirmed that the list accounts, the first accounts were breached on November 6, 2019, with access possible until January 30. Around February 13, Doctors Community Medical Center determined that some of their compromised email accounts contained data sheets that included patient information. A forensic investigation conducted by third-party investigators was unable to, unable to confirm if patient data had been accessed, copied, or disclosed, although no reports have been received to suggest patient information has been misused. Since unauthorized data access could not be ruled out, patients have been notified and offered complimentary credit monitoring and identity restoration services. The types of information that were potentially compromised included names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, military identification numbers, financial information, financial account information, diagnosis, treatment information, prescription information, provider names, medical record numbers, patient IDs, Medicare, Medicaid numbers, health insurance information, and treatment cost information, and access credentials. The health, ins the health system is reviewing and updating its policies and procedures, and additional safeguards will be implemented. So two more phishing attacks. Um, whenever it's more than one person, it just means that they did not do their their job properly. They're not, uh, there's no phishing mitigation and there's no, um, no training at all. Um, so that is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. Again, long edition because of the list of companies I wanted to go through. I think it's important to know who's working with people during this time. There are more, by the way, and I'll, I'll get to that in the next episode. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure. Thank you.